1-800-227-4188. Years ahead of the dominant media, FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite. Welcome to Keep to the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We're going to talk about a number of things. Uh, if I grab my notes here, I've moved them over to the the other location. I do a radio show in the morning to warm up on Blog Talk, and uh, and I'll be doing other shows this week. If you're on the Living Network, you know where those shows are at. Uh, and where I'll be uh, talking to different people and uh, preparing for the whirlwind tour that's uh, coming up here in uh, the not-too-distant future. We'll be starting in March and be traveling all over the country, 30 states. Uh, first places we'll be hitting, of course, is in Colorado, we're skipping the West Coast till later in the summer if we can put a West Coast one together. Uh, then we'll be going on uh, from Fort Collins to to uh, uh, Denver. And then from Denver we'll be going to uh, Omaha and down into Missouri and to Texas and uh, then across from Texas over to the Carolinas up to Massachusetts and working our way back through Pennsylvania. As some of the uh, contact ministers on the Living Network, which is a critical part of what we're doing here, uh, if you're not on the Living Network, you really should be because you're missing out. Uh, we can't help you if you're not on the Living Network because we don't even know who you are or where you are or what you're doing or what you need. Uh, the Living Network is created in the same fashion as early Israel was created. It is operating in the same way in which the first century church was operating. And that is very simple. It's people coming together, picking somebody who's kind of their team leader, their coordinator, their Levite, their congregational minister, whatever you want to call it. You can put all kinds of labels on it, but the idea is that he's watching out for them by keeping track of them and they're watching out for him by keeping track of him so you don't have to call up 10 people every night and make sure they're okay you got somebody designated to watch that he's your lookout guy kind of looking out over all of you and very simple task but as you move more towards the kingdom you'll begin to realize that those contact ministers can come in very handy in helping you out and being a part of what you're doing and what your needs are. And there will be different qualities of contact ministers. Now, a contact minister, he's not only keeping track of the ten families that may pick him, I mean, we only require that two people pick you, two or more witnesses pick you. And then that contact minister uh, gets to be hooked up with other contact ministers. And we'll put them up on the website and say, this person's a contact minister in this area or this area or that area. And they will operate accordingly. Now... That kind of approach to uh, networking is very important, but 
the fact that they're connected with other contact ministers in other areas is what makes it kingdom thinking. If you're, there was a big debate in the uh, first century, or, or not first century church, but uh, actually it was probably back then too, but uh, why they say do not forsake the gathering together, but out of the Protestant Reformation of what had become quite an abomination as far as being a church is concerned, they uh, they began to talk congregationalist or church. In other words, are you a part of a church or part of a congregation? Well, the truth is you should be a part of both. And again, we have to define those terms, church and congregation, etc. Congregation, ten families get together, congregate. They're not an unincorporated association because they're just in families. The only incorporation a family should be a part of is the family that it's a part of. That's the corporate body created by God. Two or more people gathered together for a particular purpose under a pre-existing authority, God. Holy matrimony. The, the, the matrix of the woman is bound to that of the man and they become one flesh and they are holy because they are separate from all other corporate bodies now the the father has permission to marry from his father who may still be alive and therefore in because he has permission to enter into this holy relationship he is separate but yet if he were to die the grandfather and the uncles would become responsible for the welfare of the of the mother of the children. And that that is the structure of society. Now, society goes out and incorporates like Cain did by creating city states, but that's off the path. <coughs> we don't incorporate one family with another family because the only way to do that is to take some of the rights of that one family and deposit them in this corporate body so that now you get three, four, or five families together. Three of those families can to decide what the fourth family can do because you've incorporated. You've, now, you can create limitations with a constitution, but then if it's an organic constitution where you can change the terms, you know, seven-eighths or three-fourths or whatever can change your rights in your relationship. And then if you bind those people into a debt, you can't even get out till the debt's paid. You see, so you can't, you can't escape so easily once you're in debt. That's how you got in bondage in Egypt, debt. That's how come you're in bondage now, debt. That's why they don't want to balance the budget. You could be free if you would balance the budget. They want to make sure the budget stays unbalanced. They want to make sure you stay in debt. Christ made it so that you could be free. But that was back then. Now, what are you doing? Are you doing what Christ said? If you're not, then you can't be free. That's why you have to seek the kingdom. So what is that kingdom? How does that work? You gather together with ten other families or nine other families, and you pick a minister. And that minister becomes health, education, and welfare. You're not going to look for the benefits of the world anymore or the men in the world who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. You're going to stop incorporating yourselves into their system and becoming a party to their system because their system is the Corbin of the Pharisees based on covetousness. So in order to do that, you got to start somewhere. The longest journey begins with the first step. The first step is to come together. Okay, now you're together. you got two, three families, and you're together. Now what are you going to do? You're going to start caring about it. Well, you go, you, does that mean you come to a meeting every Sabbath or Sunday, and you say, you know, I really care about you. Oh, I really care about you. Hey, I care about you. That's not the way to do it. I mean, you can say that, but it's not what is said. It's what's done. Now, the problem is you still got to pay your tally of bricks to the Pharaoh. But you can't ask for any more free bricks from the Pharaoh and straw benefits from the Pharaoh. 
Well, you deserve that hardship. And the fact is, it's not that hard. You can start doing it. But don't waste time running around saying you're in the kingdom when you're not doing kingdom things. When all you want to do is be separate. God didn't come down here so you could be separate. He, he wanted you to be a peculiar nation, a peculiar people. What's peculiar about the kingdom? They govern themselves. They take care of one another. They're, they're nothing but good Samaritans to each other and even to people outside their community. So that's why you have the Living Network, so we can begin that journey. And it's really simple to be a contact minister, to volunteer to be a contact minister. It means you're going to help keep track of whoever elects you. You're going to keep in touch with them. You're going to communicate with them. Give them a call, give them, uh, send them an email, and make sure if you don't get one back, you got to give them another call now. In order to be, that's congregational, but in order to be kingdom, you have to care about the next contact minister as much as you care about yourself. No sideline stuff. You can't sit on the sideline. you got to become involved. We got a guy who's a contact minister. I said he's not going to be there for very much longer. He's just sitting there. Other people have tried to get a hold of him. They send him emails. They try to call him. He doesn't respond. He's going to be removed. Why? Because he's not there for us. He's not doing what the job description requires. You have to care about your neighbor as much as yourself. You have to care about your neighboring congregation as much as yourself. So that's the two jobs of a contact minister. Keep track of the people who elect him as contact minister and keep track of the contact ministers next to him and near him and the rest of it, you know, through a network. And see, now we, we, we get, you know, 10, 20, 30 uh, contact ministers they should be picking a contact minister to keep track of them. So I, I only have to call, you know, a couple of guys, and everybody in the whole network can be contacted in a very short period of time. And we have a little uh, thing that emulates that called the Dear Network newsletter. And it goes out to the contact ministers, and then they forward it to the rest of the group. And the only reason I'm doing that is, you know, well, they don't have time to write something all the time. But it, I'm, that's a service I provide so that they can send that out to the local contact minister. We actually want them to write their network messages that go to the con other contact ministers, and they can send that down, and some of them do that. See those messages going down to the people and to serve them, to help them. There's so much going on. And so people are getting their feet wet into this living network and how that works. And and people say, well, what, what are the rules? Well, we have some guidelines to describe this process, but the rules are love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there's always people who are going to try to bring in more rules. Oh, they want this rule and that rule. Uh, let's get, you know, you know, somebody suggested to have, uh, you know, the, well, I won't even, it's like pages and pages and pages and pages of rules for everything from how many guys can sleep in a room to, to what you can eat for breakfast. And I thought, like, you want those kind of rules? So I actually thought the only rules you need is the Boy Scout rules. <laughs> I thought those are pretty good. You know, you can do that. I mean, we got the Ten Commandments, and we got the two bullet points of the Ten Commandments that Christ gave us. That should be enough. But, yeah, we can talk about these other things, but they should be only guidelines, as statutory uh, ideas, not uh, fast laws that we're bound to keep because we have to be flexible. It's the perfect law of liberty, not the perfect law of lots of rules. And each of us has to determine, well, promote kingdom. Does that promote the love of Christ? Does that promote uh, community? Or does it divide community? 
Well, the guy who wants to come up with all the rules, <coughs> he's dividing the community. And we should try to avoid that. That's not a good thing. Uh, so anyway, that's the Living Network. Everybody should be a part of the Living Network. How do you become a part of the Living Network? Well, you if you're online, most of you are online, go to the Living Net Network uh, drop-down menu, which is on hisholychurch.org. Uh, the little guy with the net, network, net, fishermen of men, drop that down, find a local group, contact it uh, by joining the email and get to know a contact minister. You don't have to go online anymore once you get a contact minister. I mean, if you're online, fine, but we're not trying to get everybody in a virtual society. We're trying to create an actual society based on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty that takes care of one another through faith, that faith, hope, and charity, through free will offering, through free will assistance. And I just talked on Blog Talk about you know, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Though a man give everything he has to the poor and has not charity, then he's not fit for the kingdom. Uh, his, his faith is tinkling symbols. Well, how could you give everything to the poor and not have charity? Isn't that what charity is? No, it's not charity. Charity is agape. It's love. Like I say, every time Christ says agape, they translate it love. Every time Paul says it, they translate it charity. And we say charity, well, we're thinking of, you know, the Guggenheim Foundation. They're charitable, aren't they? Are they? Maybe they just use their charity to cloak the evil deeds that they do behind the scenes. And there, were, there are a lot of other groups like this that are actually doing evil behind the scenes. Read our uh, Schools the Fool pamphlet. Uh, it's, it's amazing how duped we've become, how far from the kingdom we've come. But it isn't a long journey back, but it takes one step at a time. And one step is to start to network. Israel was a network. Uh, the church, early church was a network. It took care of all the social welfare of the, the people of the early church. And they had, they had more need for it than you do today, but not more need for it than you will tomorrow. Their society broke down. Their government broke down. Services decreased. Inflation increased. Debt increased. Uh, foreign troops came into their military. Foreign troops invaded them all these things will happen they had earthquakes they had earthquakes that actually lasted for days they had volcanic eruptions Mount Vesuvius and others very localized we're going to see it worldwide worldwide plus we created a society and a system absolutely dependent upon electricity and that could be disrupted in a twinkling of an eye. We don't have surplus food anymore in this country. We used to have years supply. We don't have it anymore. It's gone. You're, you, isn't the government taking care of that? I thought you were the government. Government of the people, for the people, and by the people. Why are you looking to the bureaucracy? You should be doing it. You want to go towards the kingdom, start governing yourself, start being the government of God, start taking care of one another. And in order to know who is in the kingdom, you're going to need to have discretion. So you're going to need to look for kingdom tracks in the lives of the people you deal with. If they say they're going to do something, do they do it? If they don't, they're not kingdom people. They're liars from such turn away. Are they doers? Are they patient? Are they long-suffering? Or are they just mad at the system? Get over it. It's your fault anyway. So in this whirlwind tour, we're, we're trying to put this together so that everybody can uh, see face-to-face, toe-to-toe, 
representation. But the greatest thing that will come out of this tour is that you can have a chance to meet people. I was talking to Phil Paz Derek the other day, and he said he's coming to the meeting in Texas. We just got to figure out where that's going to be. I'm not sure they've got a venue picked out yet. Um, I was talking to uh, Wisconsin, Paul. Uh, we got we got Paul in Oregon. We got a Paul in Wisconsin. So uh, that's how we distinguish them. Uh, and he he was thought that they sent something onto the network, and I think I missed it if I did. But if they have a venue, great. If they don't, let's see if we can't help them down there in Texas. If you're in Texas, get on the network. Uh, we're supposed to come to Dallas, and I think we're supposed to go to Fort Worth, and we're supposed to go to Tyler. I just heard a message that over there in West Texas, uh, Larry's putting together a meeting um, for, I think, this week. Uh, there's lots of people. I can't keep track of everybody. But for some reason, you know, I can remember page numbers of books I read 20 years ago, but uh, I cannot remember people's names. <laughs> I think it's because people aren't their names. That's a, that's a big, big mistake. People always want, we got to use the name of God, Yahweh, Yadavai, whatever. We don't understand the word name. Name is not a group of letters. The name is who you were. That's very important to understand that, who you are. That's what a name is. I mean, the word for Shem is the word name. That is the word in Hebrew for the word name. Shem, it's, why, why would Shem have that name? Now, you think Shem was called Shem since the day he was born? I don't think so. That isn't the way it worked. You, you look at the American Indian. When a, a child was born, he was given a name. He may not have that name when he's a man. He'll have another name. Because he is known by who he is, and the name was describing who he is. They didn't carry ID cards in their loincloth. They didn't need that. That's, that's, a, that's a European Nimrod-type concept. Identify property with a name. That's not what the purpose of a name was. A name was to tell them who you were. So it was descriptive. Abraham wasn't called Abraham when he was born. He was called, actually, he was called Brahman. <laughs> and I don't know if that was even when he was born. Then he was called Brahmana, then he was called Abram, and then he was called Abraham. And that's... That was those were descriptive terms as to who he was. It wasn't an ID name for his ID card so that you could identify him. The Indians, I, I, I remember a lot of Indian names when I was reading a great deal about Indians about 30, 40 years ago. Uh, and uh, one of them was Stinking Writing Blanket. That was the name of the Indian. Sounds like a terrible name. Well, actually, it meant that he was a really great horse he, he, he ride horses better than almost anybody else and so they gave him the name that his stinky riding blanket <laughs> that was a complimentary name doesn't loses something in translation but anyway we're going to talk more about the kingdom when we get back we're going to try to uh, go through some of these concepts and how they can lead you towards the kingdom of God where you have the right to You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, 
there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-541-88 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll-free, 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. You are listening to the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network. We do not have freedom of speech because the Constitution gives it to us. The Constitutional Amendment was written to keep the government from taking our freedom away. The Creator gave us our rights, but He also gives us the capacity to do evil or usurp the rights of others. Our individual rights end where the rights of another begin. No one has the right to do evil because evil can never be right. Those who would seek to limit your right to speak or hear the truth are the same who seek to subjugate, control, and enslave you. Freedom is not free. Support the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network by going to FirstAmendmentRadio.com on the Internet and following the instructions there to support us. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to be talking about a number of things again get on that living network become a part of this tour we'll see you there you'll meet other people that are seeking the kingdom you're going to need this network in the days to come uh, because of all the things that will be happening. I don't want to be a doom and gloomer, but uh, it is true that the electrical power in this country could go out overnight for the entire sunlit side of the earth. You don't need a foreign nation attacking or anything. These are actual natural phenomena that occur all the time. I've seen them happen before. We've lost power in uh, Canada and Italy and and uh, several times in North America, sometimes there are minor outages, but sometimes they'll melt down whole generators because of these uh, corona mass ejections that come from the sun uh, can melt down an entire generator. And these are giant generators. They're, they're put in place by cranes. There takes uh, months and months to even make one. There's not a lot of extra ones sitting around. Uh, most of them are made now in China. Uh, so... This country's already been invaded, it's been sold out, it's been bought, uh, but it's your fault. I'm not, I'm not interested in pointing blame at the government. You haven't been the government of the people, for the people, and by the people, and you need to turn around and change that. So, how do you do that? You do it the way Christ said to do it. You do it the way Moses said to do it. You do it the way Abraham says to do it. You do it the way the prophets have been telling you for thousands of years and what your ministers today aren't telling you. They say, oh, well, this is all coming anyway. It's all prophesied, so there's anything you can do about it. Just keep coming to church and tithing to me. Well, forget that noise. 
you guys have to start coming together and being the kingdom by expressing the righteousness of Christ in your day-to-day actions. That means you have to care about others. So this whirlwind tour is having means for people who care about others as much as they care about themselves. If you don't care about others as much as you care about yourself, start repenting and start doing something about it. Start cultivating that because it will change the power uh, and the wisdom that moves through you. Right now, you are dependent on information coming from outside into you, and you are the, the American people are some of the most gullible people in the world. They are suckered into one event after another, uh, one foolish uh, man behind the curtain after another is dangling this carrot in front of you and that carrot in front of you, and you pay thousands of dollars to these people who do not provide you with any real benefit, but actually lead you down the primrose path to destruction. So how, how do you take these steps towards the kingdom? Well, we said join the Living Network. Uh, now, if you've got other networks and you're already networking, great! Great, we've got people coming from the tea parties, I guess, and from oh, 912ers. I really don't know what the 912ers are uh, exactly. I get little hints and glimpses of them. But there's lots of groups out there that are networking. I mean, there's homeschool networks. There's uh, all types of networks. And and that's a good thing. That's a, that's a kingdom track. When you see people networking, you say, well, that, that's very kingdom-like because the kingdom was a network. I mean, your body is a network, a nervous system, uh, networking throughout your entire body. It makes sense to network. It does not make sense to run off in the hills and hide in some cave. That's not a gregarious way to be. didn't work for a lot. But that's what you're going to be left with if you don't start networking. I always wondered, okay, Lot fled Sodom and Gomorrah. Why didn't he go to where Abraham was? Maybe he didn't even know. Because Abraham was setting up networks with his altars. I don't know why he went that way. I always wondered that. Maybe somebody can come up with that answer. Maybe he had just gone down the wrong road too far. And also, we we don't have a clear picture of everything that he did. We get a a glimpse of it, but... uh, he was evidently in a cave. You know, some people suggest that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by a nuclear weapon. And there's some truth to that. I mean, they found some strange evidence over there that there may have been a nuclear explosion. And there is some evidence that there were civilizations around at that time that could have developed that. You have to remember the United States has developed the technology that it has today in a little over 100 years. I mean, the presidents were riding to, horse, uh, to work on horseback you know, during the Civil War, 1860s, 1870s, and we, within 100 years, we were on the moon. Or at least we were going into space, for those of you who don't believe that we got to the moon, okay, I'm not going to argue the point, but anyway, the fact is, is there were people going on, I was actually in Shepard's uh, little capsule there, cramped little space, kind of like a little metal coffin, uh, that uh, so the fact is, is the technology has boomed in a hundred years. So say you had an isolated civilization, you know, out in the Atlantic somewhere, or maybe even on an island in the Mediterranean. You know, some of those islands have disappeared over the uh, last thousand years or so. Uh, maybe somebody had a technology and developed a nuclear bomb way back then. Very possible. We find a great deal of evidence in archaeology that there has been technology in the past. Uh, Very sophisticated technology in the past. But it's usually swept under the carpet. And of course, technology is going on in Egypt that they kept secret. It's very clear that they were making batteries. We see uh, zinc and copper rods sitting in uh, vases you fill that full of acid, uh, even even uh, lemon juice, uh, you would have a battery. 
why why would they need a battery? Well, you know, you can make a light bulb. Yeah, you can you personally can make a light bulb in your kitchen. You can do that. I mean, the first light bulbs were made in a kitchen. <laughs> Their labs wasn't any had less equipment in it than your, your modern kitchen to make the first light bulb. So that could have been done way back then. And that would explain why there were paintings deep in the and the pyramids and other places uh, uh, that there was no light, but yet there was clear paint and there was no soot in the paint. Not even the soot from a candle. So how did they paint in the dark without a torch or candle? Could they have had the electric lights back then? Operated by battery? Yeah, they could have. It's not that complicated of a technology. But it would be something they would want to keep secret. They would not want other people to get that because knowledge is power. And like I said, there are many things that are found in archaeology that are unexplained and they're just filed away. You could get in a lot of trouble suggesting that there were higher technologies. There are technologies that we haven't discovered. We have been made dependent upon these technologies, and they can be swept away in the twinkling of an eye. Are you ready for that? If you were a good government of the people, for the people, and by the people, you would be getting ready for that. And if you were networking, now you think about a network. If you got into a network, of people and the priority is is that you have to care about everybody else in the network as much as you care about yourself and you have to care about law judgment mercy and faith you can't have law and judgment without mercy because without mercy you will have injustice but if you care about that as much as you care about yourself and you you love that mercy and you love that justice and, and you bring those two together and you start forming a network based on, on those two precepts with every member you're enriched and every new person to come and congregate with you that's a treasure now you have a purpose to be a contact minister, to keep track of all those new members that come and elect you as their contact point with the rest of the network. But you're no good as a contact point with the rest of the network if you're not contacting the rest of the network through the other contact ministers. If you go six months and they don't even know who you are, they don't even know you're there. They never even hear from you. Then you're not a contact point. You're just a point under yourself. So you see, basic, simple premise of caring about one another will create a network automatically. You can't create the network from the top down. You have to, it's bottom up, it's grassroots. And to cultivate that grass, the grass has to be allowed to grow. You are responsible for creating the network. I'm just jump-starting. I'm giving you the gift of what I've learned, show you how it works. I can't make it work. Only you can make it work. And you can't make it work by just sitting there listening on the radio. You have to reach out, actually caring about others. Oh, I know, you're busy. Christ got those same excuses. Oh, I gotta go bury my dad. I gotta go bury my mom. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do that. Stop with the excuses. Start reaching out. Start seeking that kingdom. And then when you start gathering those people together, every congregation is full of pearls. Every congregation of congregations is a treasure tre chest of pearls. We have people offering uh, qualified medical training from everything from, you know, field dressings to sutures to what have you. We have people that were, you know, uh, veterinarians, uh, nurses, 
scientists, all sorts of uh, people that are coming into this network with skills that stack up. And they care about their neighbor as much as they care about themselves. They care about other people in their congregation. Now, they can improve on that, and that's great. But there's your treasure. I always remember in the Peloponnesian Wars, Athens had its approach, Sparta had its approach. Everybody thinks, oh, Sparta, great movie. Guys come out of the movie thinking, Spartans, yeah, that's what we need to be like, Spartans. Spartans were a bunch of Nazis. <laughs> I don't know where you guys missed that. Spartans oppressed the vast majority of people in their community. Absolutely oppressed their neighbors who didn't do anything but fight and train and train and fight. And if you wanted to be free, they'd split your throat. They kept order, but it was their order. They were brave, but they were murderers. They were oppressors. You don't want to be Spartans. You may want to have their courage, great. You may want to have their sense of organization, great. But, you know, there were there was another tribe up north that they don't get much press. It's not convenient, I suppose, for the people who want to educate you. But during the Peloponnesian Wars, they would not ally themselves with others with trees because why? You know, God told you why in the Ten Commandments. Make no covenants with them. Do not align yourselves with others where you have to show up. Be like those friends of Abraham who showed up because they wanted to. That's the kind of guys you want backing you, is guys who come because they want to come, because they have other bounds. What are those other bonds? How did they create them? They created them with the altars of Abraham. What were the altars? That was their charitable system, their welfare system, based on faith, hope, and charity. You gave to your minister, and he made sure that the ten families that he was taking care of were taken care of. And when there was a congregation of city, a flood, famine, fire, whatever it was, they could appeal to all the other congregations, and each would give a little bit and help them out. But it was based on free will offerings. That's what Israel was based on, and that's what made it great. It's when they started kings and rulers and men who could exercise authority that they went downhill. That's what you need to be working towards. That's what you need to be walking towards, not electing a new emperor, but becoming the government of the people for the people and by the people. So God can help you. Because if you pick them as your God, he says, go cry unto the gods which you have chosen for yourself, because I will not hear you in that day. So when you say, in God we trust, which God? You need to turn around, you need to repent, you need to start going this other way. Now, I'm going to be working night and day for the next three weeks, getting ready for this tour. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's my, my offering to you. What are you giving to this idea of seeking the kingdom? You're going to just sit there and wait till it comes? Kingdom heaven doesn't come by observation. It comes because you become a doer of the word. You seek the kingdom as much for your neighbor as you do for yourself. You have to stop oppressing your neighbor, stop looking to men who oppress your neighbor for your social welfare and benefit, and start looking to each other. Now, most of the people out there do not want to do this. They don't want to go towards the kingdom. You need to find those that do. And that's why I say look for kingdom tracks. Home health home education, home industry, independence, self-reliance. Okay, home health, what does that mean? You, you, you perform surgery on each other? No, 
You're looking for good, healthy food. What's in the stores are in the stores because they want to sell you something. They want to make a profit, and that is their motivation. You need to start becoming a food source that is producing a healthy product for your neighbor. And your neighbor needs to be doing the same. You need to start producing your own seeds, your own garden. You need to get involved with uh, CSA, Community Supported Agriculture, because there are many people in agriculture that are not far from the kingdom. You need to get those accesses. How do you do that all by yourself? You don't. You network. We have somebody in our network here in Oregon connected to a farmer who's setting aside acreage for us to farm. He's going to do the actual farming. We'll just pay him to do the farming. We'll get the product from it. That's community-supported agriculture. He's actually giving up some of his profit because he could just put all the money into that and make all the profit. But we'll see what we get out of this. We'll see what it produces. We'll see how it works. Now, I already grown grain. I worked on wheat farms years and years ago. But we're doing it, photoing it, uh, recording the event, and going to share it with the other people in the network so they can do that in their areas as well. You know, if you have a, a piece of ground next to a farmer, you say, hey, could you farm, while you're farming this, can you farm this? over here and then I'll take the crops in this and I'll I'll pay for the seed and I'll pay you something for your gas but you know instead of turning around right there you just drive a little bit farther and, and turn around and go back and and I'll take a, whatever my crop is off this. Now some of you can actually be part of the network some of these farmers could be a part of the network now you want to sell your crop you can sell it bulk out to some buyer who's going to sell it to Russia or you can sell it to the network and, or maybe a portion of it to the network. And then we know we're getting food straight from the farmer. We know what he put into that field. And we're looking for people who are, are looking for healthy crops that aren't filled with poisons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's all kinds of crops because we don't just eat wheat. We eat all kinds of things. The world is making it very hard to obtain seeds, pure seeds, healthy seeds. Monsanto actually just bought the rights to the seeds that we're planting. But we already own the seeds, so we can plant it. And we can save those seeds because they don't really have a patent on it because they're, they're heritage seeds. They're not a genetically engineered seed. Uh, and we can save that on small scale. We're not going to do it, save it for commercial purposes. We're saving it for church purposes to share with others in our community by Faith Open Charity. And they can plant those seeds. Or they can eat them. That's what's going to happen in this country. When we went to buy the seeds, they were almost completely gone. There wasn't hardly any available. Everything is bought up. They're sold out. Now, part of that is because the prices of wheat has skyrocketed, doubled, so they're going to be planting more. Uh, because they want to make that profit, but there will be crop failures, too. How much? I'm not going to say. I don't know. We've had really unusual weather here, but it's fine for here, because that's all we ever get. But some places the fields may be too wet. There may be periods of drought, and there has been in the past, and we're expecting them in, in the present, or here presently. So anyway, how many of you have gone to your computers and looked up hisholychurch.org and dropped down menu and started signing up for their living network? How many of you want to find other people that care about you as much as they care about themselves? Are you in Texas? Sign up. Uh, there's John and Deb and Larry. They're all contact ministers there. We need a lot more. That's one of the things we're finding interesting. You know, we get, you know, 80, 100 people on a group. We only get two or three volunteers. Are you in California? 
you should get on the California group. And some of you should volunteer. And everybody on these groups needs to pick a contact minister. Don't just sit on the group. You're missing. You won't get the messages. We won't be looking for you. There's nobody checking to see if you drop dead unless you pick a contact minister. And if he's not a good one, pick another one. If he's not putting you in contact, pick another one. If he's not watching out for you, pick another guy. That's government. Because, see, in the kingdom, you don't pick lawmakers. God already made the law. In the kingdom, you pick public servants, and they are servants. If you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office. That's why you ended up with Rehoboam after Saul and Solomon. Is because they wanted power, and you kept giving it to them. You have to take your responsibility back, and then the power will be in your hands. You don't get the power in your hands just because you fill out the papers. You get the power in your hands because you take on responsibility. And then, and then, you can receive the breath of Christ in you. Not because of what comes out of your mouth that you say, I love Jesus. But if you're doers of the Word, and if you're doers of the Word, you will sacrifice your time, your energy, and some of your money to see to it that other people have a chance to come into the kingdom and start living kingdom lives. Start living according to the way. That's what it was called, the way. When it called Christianity, it's called the way. And what way is that? Faith, hope, and charity, taking care of one another, being there for one another, being Minutemen for Christ means showing up at any time there is a need. And there is a need to see the kingdom. Here we meet again. Gotta go do another radio program. <laughs> and uh, all those on the Living Network know where to go. Because we already told them. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.